Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swell, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I uh, just don't want to die of third-degree burns. Uh, And I don't want to die from chronic butthole pain. I'm not not sure I understand that. Well, um, I, I have content for the podcast, and it involves a medical issue that I've had. Oh, my God. So trigger warning for uh, extreme gore, uh, medical horror and body horror. Um, So whenever I was home for Thanksgiving, like I had the sinus infection, you knew all that. I was like Mm -hmm. coughing through our episode talking to Linda. um, Yes. Which you did a very good job cutting around. And also like there were a couple points because like you were no headphones sharing a mic. There are a couple parts where it started to buzz but like most of the background noise you caught like good job uh so the buzz actually uh i didn't realize what you're fucking talking about until i listened back to it I was like yeah. what the fuck was this yeah it's kind of uh, bad fortunately uh there was no substance to that part of the episode to like because it was about like 15 seconds and i just went whoop and completely excised it from the whole like it didn't it didn't affect anything no one could hmm. tell that anything was removed from there yeah but yeah, I had my I had my sinus and inner ear and throat thing and uh, may or may not have been related. But like right around the same time, I started getting really bad IBS, too. It's like, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to go into it too much. But like I was pooping about three times the normal rate. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, from trauma and you know having to sit on the toilet uh i started you know i was like man my ass hurts oh man i think i have a hemorrhoid so i started like using the products that you use for that preparations a through g preparations a through g were a failure but i think that on the whole preparation h feels good um (laughs) I'm so glad you made us rewatch those movies so I can remember the Preparation H joke. Yeah. Uh, So continuing, um, it eventually got to the point where I was like, man, I'm having trouble uh, standing, sitting and walking. uh, So I'm going to go to urgent care and kind of get checked out. So I went in. I was like, yeah, I've had this before. You know, it's like, you know, times of like when my stress peaks and like, you know, it throws my entire body into haywire and I have to, you know, I develop IBS and then like develop a hemorrhoid from, you know, dealing with the IBS. Right. And they're like, okay, well, here's a pill that can, you know, help with that. Here's uh, a hydrocortisone cream that you can use to take care of the other thing. So it's like, great, I'll be I'll be back up and running in no time. Um, cut to two days later, uh, I'm not getting better. I'm, in fact, getting far worse. Oh, no. Uh, and wake my wife up in the middle of the night and say, 
I think I have to go to the hospital. Uh, so we went to the hospital at like 1130 p.m. And the doctor's like, you know, I explain everything I just told you to the doctor. And he was like, well, when you went to the urgent care, did they look at it? And I was like, well, no, I've had this before. I just told him what it was. And they're like, the doctor was like, they have to look at it. Like, get up, get up on the table, take your pants off, put on this robe that your ass hangs out of uh-huh. and uh, get up there so I can look at your butt. Spread them butt cheeks. Yeah. So I get up there, you know, I kind of tenderly, you know, avoiding the painful spots, kind of part the veil for him. You know, the show, the real show is behind the curtains. Narset, yes. So he looks at it and he's like, oh, this isn't a hemorrhoid. Uh, And it turns out that what I had was an abscess. Oh, God. Which essentially means that I had like a pimple the size of a Concord grape right on the side of my asshole. Uh, And it had gotten to the point where he was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, check this thing out. I got up there and like it just started draining and it was like, okay, uh, you know, it already feels better. So whatever's going on back there, just, you know, keep it going. (laughs) I like what you're doing, Dracula. More hand movement. So then he's like, I'm sorry, but I have to make sure that it's like just on the outside because it could be no pun intended, a deeper issue. Uh, (laughs) So I'm like, all right, if you're going to do something, let me know so I can try to relax, because if you just go for it, I'm going to tense up and we're going to be fighting each other. (laughs) Uh, And sure enough, he just, you know, gloves up and goes for it. And I'm like... So he's like, okay, uh, there's nothing going on, you know, up in there. You should be fine. Um, and I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Like, usually I make people buy me dinner first. Like, your your bedside manner is quite aggressive, but yeah. you, you did the thing, so thank you. Um, so now, my ass hurts less. Good. Uh I'm on a couple different antibiotics because I have like weird allergies to certain antibiotics. So I have to like be on a combination of antibiotics that are more aggressive that can get, you know, you know, make sure it doesn't happen again. Uh, And also I got finger blasted. Yeah. Yeah, you sure did. (laughs) Nice work. So uh, if you're still with us, you're you're one of the true believers. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the play? <laughs> uh, not bad. That is, not bad. That is uh, a song title from uh, a, a Pittsburgh local band that I, I'm pretty sure still isn't around. Uh, but that is my favorite song title of all time. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. Um, also, like. I didn't I didn't tell the full story. I figured I'd save it for the show so you could react to it in in I almost said rear time. Real time. Uh, real yeah. time. You know, I just have, you know, butt synonyms in my brain for some reason. So I kind of I kind of alluded to the fact that my my butt hurts. 
And uh, Bill's like, oh, did Vanessa not use lube on International Women's Day? And I said, no, the call was coming from inside the house. <laughs> I didn't catch that. But Bill, good joke. So I'm assuming that you're sitting on a, a donut right now. No. Um, oh. I can sit. I can walk. I can. Fuck, I could dance if you wanted me to. Oh, you could just have said it. Fuck. I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. Wowza, yowza, bobalza. That is, yeah, uh, so that is something. It's kind of a series of cascading health issues the last three weeks, which uh, doesn't help the fact that I'm, you know, currently unemployed and need to be out searching for, you know, finalizing my my future job plans. Yeah. As for me, I'm currently cycling off caffeine. Because yeah? uh, I had I had five Mountain Dews in a day. Holy fuck, bud. Yeah, uh, I have a I have a problem. So I'm cycling off caffeine, uh, currently going through two days of caffeine withdrawal. Uh, the the soda I'm drinking is a Sprite because Sprite does not have caffeine or if it does, it has very minuscule amounts of caffeine. That doesn't matter. So, yeah. Uh, it felt like my heart was going to leap out of my chest after five Mountain Dew. So uh, no more Mountain Dew for a bit. Can't get my Call of Duty double XP for for a while. That's that's really bad. Like I would rather, <laughs> I think I would rather you smoke like half a pack a day than drink five Mountain Dews a day. Well, that's how I used to roll five Mountain Dews a day for a while. You know, whenever whenever we go to the dining hall, just fucking like get like four or five big cups of Mountain Dew. Because I didn't care. I just did it. Fuck it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's me. Uh, self-diagnosed shit. And then, you know, uh, the usual heartburn. But I feel like that was only brought on by the, the excess amount of caffeine. So hopefully cycling off of caffeine for probably about a month will fix me. We'll see. <sighs> Man, we're we're both a mess. A right and proper mess. Uh, other than uh, issues surrounding my heart, I'm fine. And that's not important. Hmm. Uh, so with uh, two 30-year-old men telling you about their medical history, let's uh, get into something a little less serious. It's called What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I'll, I'll start, I guess, because... Uh... Since you're weaning yourself on, off of caffeine, I'm uh, imbibing caffeine because, you know, my house runs on Dunkin' mm -hmm. and uh, I can't drink alcohol because the doctor said that with the one antibiotic that I'm on, uh, if I drink alcohol, I will throw up and I will die. Oh, well, then, OK. How about you? I have a uh, Sprite and vodka. Oh, that sounds good. I, I wanted to get the Truly that you mentioned last week, and uh, I went to the store and got a bunch of other stuff and didn't get the Truly. So we will have to wait for next week for me to get the Truly. Hmm. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to get that again, at least for the holiday episode, so I can deal with the sound of Jingle Bells playing for the entire two hour runtime. You're, no, no, no. You're 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 only gonna be here. Like the jingle bells do not play while we're recording. The jingle bells are playing. Uh, 
afterwards. <laughs> it's it's all done in post. I I know that. I'm aware of that. I've done the show this entire time with you. Um, uh, I'm just, you know, uh, trying to pour one out in solidarity of our listeners. It is my favorite episode of the year because all it is is just me clipping a 10-hour a, a track of Jingle Bells. And then just throwing it <laughs> in an episode and going. Uh, you monster. <laughs> and with that, let's get into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. All right. Uh, our first story this week is that Warner Brothers Discovery is pausing the sale of finished shows to Netflix for the ne- next few weeks. Uh, WBD CEO David Zaslav uh, is said to be I thought we just uh, returned him to Russia in a prisoner exchange. Uh, is said to be unhappy with how Netflix structures its licensing payments, paying out over 18 to 24 months instead of up front. Uh, to put you all at ease, Neil Gaiman stated on Twitter that the Sandman is still safe and unaffected by this new decree. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Warner Brothers Discovery needs money. They need to cut costs and get money. Uh, they needed to cut about $2.7 billion in costs. I don't know if they've done that. So Zaslav, I believe, is a lame duck CEO, mm. meaning that he's on his way out, most likely. So, But he wants to prevent that and therefore find all this money. So now, instead of these 18 to 24 months that he probably doesn't have, in this position, uh, he wants all of the money up front for all series order. So that way he can find all of this money that he says that Warner Brothers Discovery has or can have. Gotcha. So don't worry about your favorite Netflix originals that are uh, Warner Brothers shows like uh, Manifest, You, The Sandman, and Sweet Tooth. Those all seem safe but new stuff likely will not be coming to netflix for at least a little bit probably over the holiday probably like 2023 you'll see either a completely restructured deal or uh you will never see a wbd production on netflix for the foreseeable future so long as david zaslav is in charge of the company okay I have nothing else on this. This, uh, well, I do have something else. I think Zaslav's a fucking idiot because he should have known that this is how his deals were paid out before, and he should have been mad about it before. Because it seems like the renewal of the Sandman is what he's pissed off about, and the the way the payment's going. So now he's just like he's looking back on it, being like, "Oh, this is how we do business." Well, fuck this, which is idiotic. Our next story. And because of the way you wrote this, I don't know if this is like part of it. It says half half bad colon. The bastard son and the devil himself has been canceled after one season. It's through the italics there. So that way you knew half bad. The bastard son and the devil himself. Okay, is the title of the thing. I I thought it was just called the bastard son and the devil himself. I didn't realize that the proper title of it was half bad colon. The bastard son and the devil himself. So, a fun story about this. Uh, About two weeks after it released, 
Netflix rebranded it to Half Bad, The Bastard Son of the Devil Himself. It was originally just The Bastard Son of the Devil Himself, but for some reason, Netflix decided they wanted to change the name of the show and more rebranded as Half Bad. I remember that. It's the it's the title of the book that the show is based on, which should have just been the title the whole time. You don't need the subtitle or anything. Just call it Half Bad and move on. But they made it ridiculously long. Uh, also, nobody watched this. Uh, in terms of hours viewed, it had about 40 million, roughly, that were reported. I My guess is it had somewhere around 60 million. Uh, that's, that's pathetic. That's terrible. Like this is, this is one of Netflix's worst performing shows of the year by far. Huh. Yikes. So, uh, no one really seems too upset about this. This isn't like, you know, many of the other shows that have been canceled where they have a fervent fan base. It just seems like these people crawled off a tree and died and no one cares, but yeah, it's, it's another genre show gone. People will discover it in like eight months and come on Twitter like, save, save half bad. Oh, it's already started. And somebody somebody uh, has been taking uh, my data tweets and just like posting those as like, here's why your show is not getting renewed. <laughs> and I don't know if I like being a third party to this conversation, but uh, there it is. That's funny. So, yeah. Um. Of of all the genre shows that Netflix has put out this year uh, with with first seasons, I think there's been 12 and uh, four have been. No, three have been renewed. Those three being Vikings Valhalla, which had a three season order. So technically it would never was not renewed. Uh, all of us are dead. And the Sandman. And that's it. Of out of 12. Wednesday will likely get renewed. But uh, the the math has changed on that, so it'll take a bit. And people saying, well, Netflix should have renewed it by now. Well, Netflix doesn't get to control everything. They have to negotiate prices. So be smarter, people. But yeah, uh, terrible track record this year from Netflix for uh, genre series and also comedy series. Comedy series are fucking dreadful. Uh, well, on that note, why don't we get into Downstream, where we'll talk about some trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! And our first trailer this week is for Treason. When the past catches up with the newly appointed head of MI6, in the form of a Russian spy with whom he shares a, com- a complicated past, uh, he is forced to question everything and everyone in his life. Almost at a completed pass. Past. Uh, secrets, lies, and diplomatic relationships will all come to light. Treason, a new limited series from the writer of Bridge of Spies, comes to Netflix on December 26th. Uh, could not get it there in time for you to watch it on your new smart TV. No. Uh, unless you're in Canada and then you have Boxing Day. That's true. Um... I watched... Shit, what was I watching this week? I watched something where... Oh, I think it's in Violent Night. Somebody's like, oh, but you Americans don't celebrate my favorite holiday, Boxing Day. And then he punches somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's it's an OK joke, but I just killed it. I, I yeah, sure. 
Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the trailer for Treason? It's fine. Uh, it's Charlie Cox returning to Netflix. Uh, that's probably the big selling point to this. It's one of those like thrillers, I guess, with like spies and shit. I don't know. Uh, it, it's one of those could be good, but it, it looks fairly mediocre. I hope that there's a point where uh, Charlie Cox has to like rescue somebody against impossible odds and manages to pull it off. And like as they're making their hasty escape, uh, the person he rescued looks at him and says, boy, you're a real daredevil, huh? And then Charlie Cook, Charlie Cox looks straight at the camera. I just want a hallway fight. Yeah. And then She-Hulk shows up and they fuck. And yeah, yeah, because that's because he's the Mac daddy. So, yeah, um, it could be fine. What did you think of it? Uh, I don't know. I think it looks pretty decent, I guess. Um, I don't know. Both of the both of the things that we have trailers for this week, like they at least look good. Like I could watch them and not mm-hmm. wish death upon myself. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. So uh, it's a limited series. I think it's the, the other big selling point is that it's it will be a completed thing that people don't have to complain about because you know there's three things people ever complain about with netflix uh i i know they don't they don't market well uh the price is too high and they have a, a graveyard of shows that nobody uh, that is just one season so what they need to do is each like first season of a show they just do like you know, a portal opens up and then like a couple other characters step through and like they talk about something for like three to four minutes and then like they step back through the portal and you'll be like, what the fuck was that? And then like that show gets canceled. But then the next first season of a show you watch, like, you know, maybe on like episode six, like the portal opens up and two more characters, you know, the same two people step through and they're like, you know, they continue the same conversation that they were just having. And you're like, well, this is weird. That's like they use that Easter egg twice. Uh, but then like it keeps going and keeps going. And dear God, it's it's a meta show that exists within all of their shows. And now people on YouTube are stitching it together. And, you know, it's like everybody watches all the shows to try to, you know, it's like uh like the Easter egg hunters from the fucking uh, future bad movie uh, that sucked based on a book that I uh, ready player one. That movie sucked. Oh yeah. yeah, uh, that, 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 but yeah, they're like, everybody's searching for the Easter eggs and like propping up this uh, struggling content creator. I just talked for eight minutes and I don't think any of that was anything. I mean, that makes I, I think that's a cool idea that so therefore Netflix won't do it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, treason might probably probably will check it out. Yeah. And like, you know, in a post credit scene on the fourth episode, uh, they're in a red room with red curtains and red carpets and uh a little man in a red suit comes out and uh, starts speaking backwards and says that gum you like is going to come back in style. 
I don't oh, think you've yeah. ever seen Twin Peaks, so that's probably the most buckwild shit you've ever heard me say. Uh, I, when you said it was from Twin Peaks, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but uh, both Ashley and Corey want me to watch that show, so I'm definitely never watching it. Yeah. I I will say, watch it if you want to. Okay. Uh, but I, I do enjoy Twin Peaks. I haven't watched the, the new series yet. I also enjoy the, the restaurant franchise, Twin Peaks. You mean Hooters? No, there's also a <laughs> Twin Peaks. This is also a joke. I, I've never been to a Twin Peaks in my entire life. All right. Um, dear God, we we still haven't left downstream. We're still in no. the downstream. Still haven't. Uh, our Our second trailer after all of this is for... Uh, the pale blue eye. Uh, whereas you know, in <laughs> my case, I have the pale girl. He's a pale the brown red, eye. The red brown eye. Yeah. Yikes. Um, West Point, eighteen thirty. A world weary detective is hired to discreetly investigate uh, the gruesome murder of a cadet. Stymied by the cadet's code of silence, he enlists one of their own to help unravel the case. A young man the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, stars Christian Bale, uh, Harry Melling as Edgar Allan Poe, uh, who, you know, his eyes are too close. <laughs> uh, that's mean, but like every time I see him, like I can't enjoy his good acting because I'm like, this guy's eyes are too close. I saw uh a, a meme picture where it was like if these two bred they'd have children with normal yeah it was, it was harry melling and uh anya taylor joy yeah, yeah fantastic <laughs> either that or they would have like one <laughs> one eye in the middle of their face and the other eye on the side of their face <laughs> like they would just get one from each parent <laughs> oh that'd be perfect uh that's mean but also true. I can't help it. Sometimes it's okay to laugh at people if you want to a lot. Sure. All right. Uh, this trailer really did it for me. I'm I'm very excited to watch this. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, like you said, both these trailers are at, le- at least show good enough competence where we're just not like... Where you you look me dead in the eye through through the webcam and you just go, Dan, why the fuck did you make me watch this? Like both of these seem like they have the potential to be something very good. Yeah. Cool story. All right, let's uh move into quick hits. Talk about some other stuff we watched this week. Fuck you, Cody, you fucking nerd. All right, uh, I guess I'll start. Um I've been watching I, I rewatched Cowboy Bebop, uh, the live action, because I will never watch the anime because fans made me mad. Um, yes. But yeah, trying to get those viewing statistics up. Uh, also, I rewatched Murderville, trying to get those viewing statistics up. Uh, also, since, you know, I had very little that I could do other than lie on the couch and kind of shift uncomfortably from time to time. Uh, and then like gasp in pain because of my butt. Uh, I rewatched 
cannon busters trying to get those viewing numbers up. Uh, I started Stone Ocean again. Okay. Like, uh, since it's all here now and we're doing it for next week, I, I got a jump start on it. Um, 2020. You know, yeah, I would say uh, get on it as soon as you can, because I think that this season is about as long as... It's 30 um, episodes. Yeah, it's about as long as uh, Stardust Crusaders, so you're going to want to put some time into it. So, funny story about that. I watched the first episode already. Yeah, I, I put I put on the first episode as Ashley is doing her hair as she's getting ready to leave uh, hours later to go to uh, her work dinner. So uh, I put it on. She comes in about three minutes in uh, as uh, Jolene is talking about masturbating. And yeah. uh, she sits down and <laughs> she watches it. She's just watching it. And the guard caught you flicking the bean, huh? Yeah. So so she she sits down, she's watching it and she 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 won't admit this, but she seemed like she was at least enjoying it. Uh, so, you know, I, I shut off the I shut it off or I back it out to go to watch the mist because I know she wants to watch like she'd want to watch that instead. And she's like, that was Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And I went, yeah, you were enjoying that, huh? And so I threatened to put on another episode. She's like, no, no, I will not walk anymore. There's there's a couple parts early on in Stone Ocean where things get kind of horny. And it's like uh, it's like Araki's trying to give the gift of like. Being. Uh, interested in women sexually instead of like being interested in exclusively like uh skinny twinkish men <laughs> sure because <laughs> you know that's the joke in the jojo's fandom is we're all gay uh yeah. because you know we like uh effeminate men who do fashion poses it's true so yeah uh she she watched the first episode she's she says she'll never watch she will not watch another one uh we'll see we'll, we'll see about that so it, they don't do it in the first episode because, like, you know, it's setting up the season and stuff. But starting with the second episode, they do, um, you know, like the anime intro with the song and everything. I think that Stone Ocean's opening. It's it's pretty close to being my favorite if it's not actually my favorite, like the song kind of rips ass. Uh, I shouldn't say that because that's, um, that's a trigger for me right now. Yes. Um, but it's 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 quite good. So play that for her and be like, eh, eh, eh. She she won't care. She 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 has to be tricked into watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure again at this point. To which no, I no. say, her loss. Uh, well then, I don't know if they ever animate part seven. Just be like, oh, this show is called Steel Ball Run. Um. And don't tell her that it's Jojo's Bizarre Adventure because uh, it's kind of like a kind of a reboot. So you can okay. trick her. Yeah, uh, I watched more things. Uh, I, I recently discovered the comedian Taylor Tomlinson through YouTube. I've been watching like a bunch of clips of her doing and saying funny things uh, sometimes to Conan O'Brien. But uh, so I was like, oh, I wonder if she has uh, some Netflix specials. 
And she does. She has two. Uh, they're called Look at You and Quarter Life Crisis. And I watched them. Um, she's funny. She's a funny woman. It's, it's comedian. It's stand up comedy. Um, okay. Watch it if you're interested. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think I think I think she's quite good. Um, her stuff, like from seeing the clips on YouTube of her doing jokes and stuff, like it was actually a bit more raunchy than, <laughs> than what I was expecting. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like. I don't know. She may she like she makes a a fair number of dick and fart jokes, so. Uh, which is fine. Uh, so I watched those two. They're good. Um, then I was like, I wonder what other funny women I can find. Uh, and I watched uh, Garfunkel and Oates trying to be special. Uh, so okay. Garfunkel and Oates is a musical comedy duo consisting of Ricky Lindholm and Kate Micucci. Uh, and they do funny songs. Uh, Ricky Lindholm plays a guitar and Kate Micucci plays a ukulele. Uh, and the the framing device for their special is that they're they have like one of the big thermometer things and they're trying to do a show to raise money to get a Netflix special. Right. Uh, the framing device sucks. Like, yeah. And then like at the end of it, it's like, oh, this costs, you know, blah, blah, blah money to put on. So I'm taking all the money you made and now you don't get to do your Netflix special. And it's like. Okay. Wow. But yeah, I don't know. I think uh, they do all the songs that you've seen on YouTube. If you're aware of who these characters are, um, after after you've heard the songs once, they become less funny. So, like, I guess you can watch it for the banter that they have between the two. Like, cause they do have like some, uh, you know, decent chemistry with each other, but, right. uh, I don't know. I, I kind of don't care. I, I kind of was over it. So, oh, uh, okay. my rating for this is watch it if you feel like it. And my rating for the Taylor Tomlinson specials is pretty good. Well, okay. Uh, what about you? I started the week with Troll, uh, the foreign movie that blew up the Netflix box office. Uh, you know, the 2014 Godzilla, but in Scandinavian languages. Yeah, uh, if if you like that, then wait until you see the sequel. Sequel? Sequel. The joke's gone off the rails. I'm going to take a I'm going to take a fresh, you know, run at it. Uh if you like this, wait until you see the sequel, Troll World Tour. You're an idiot. So yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, we got uh it's it's just it's just Godzilla 2014. Like have you seen that movie? You've you've probably you've just seen this movie. It's just a bunch of people being like, we have no idea how to deal with this troll. Uh we refuse to listen to the fairy tales that we were told as a kill as kids because uh that would make it too easy on us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we we have to instead shoot it with the, all of our, our all of our missiles and shit. Doesn't um, anybody have any missiles left? Uh, uh, Sorry, I'm late, Mister President. And then a uh, plane flies up the troll's butt. Yeah, uh, and gives it an abscess. <laughs> Ooh. 
So that's what happened to you. So, uh, it, yeah, it's um, it's it's okay. It's an Here okay comes movie. The airplane. <laughs> it's an okay movie. Uh, it it's going to have a sequel. It like for a hundred minute movie. It's enough like popcorn munching fun time that you're gonna enjoy yourself to to a degree. The effects are pretty good. <laughs> popcorn munching is that's like something that sounds like it it would be like a racist thing that you could call somebody a popcorn muncher but it's not sure whatever you say i don't know like you said it and my immediate gut reaction was like i don't think you can say that and then i thought about it for two seconds i was like wait why would that be bad and why would that be bad so yeah um check it out uh, you've likely already checked it out. A lot of people have checked it out. Um, I, it's going to be Netflix's biggest foreign, well, non-English language release in terms of movies ever. Uh, it's already number eight on that chart. That chart is very weak if you look at it. Uh, the number one movie for non-English movies on Netflix is Black Crab, which is a Numi Rapace movie. Released earlier Black- this year. <clears throat> Black Crab. We talked about it in downstream, and we not neither of us watched it. Knew me who dis. No, so yeah, uh, check out troll. It's fine. It's enjoyable. You know, if you if you have a hundred minutes on a Friday, check it out. Uh, and the other thing I watched was two episodes of Wednesday. Uh, we are two episodes in. Don't see why this is so popular. It's not bad. It's fine. But as of two episodes, I'm not feeling the, oh, this is a special thing I'm watching. Sure, Jenna Ortega's great. It's Wednesday, uh, which is a character that is, for the most part, very one note and has has no likable characteristics, really. All she is is just like, I, you said something to me, I'll retort with something morbid. Like, I, I get why people like that character from the 90s, but boy, is it just not working. That's the thing is like, um, if, you know, there's there's been like things on YouTube and shit that I've seen where it's like, um, you know, anytime somebody does like just a single Adams family member, it's always Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But it's like, for that exact reason, um, like each of the family members have like their own one weird thing that they do. So like whenever it's just Wednesday only and mm-hmm. she's just like very like flat and like hates life and, you know, says rude shit to people, then like that's the whole thing, you know, like right. there's nothing to play off of, which I guess is like why. Like the roommate character, they made her so like bright and like she's the exact opposite of Wednesday. And it it can only be for that reason. Like they couldn't have put any other one of the characters in the show as like her foil or whatever. Right. Because they're all like even if there was a foil that wasn't Adams, it would still be an Adams. Like they're they're still fucking weirdos that would kind of enable her to a degree. So, yeah, uh, her being one note is kind of what's making it a slog for me right now. I'm going to keep watching because 
I have to believe it gets better. Like there has to be something like there. There's this whole mystery about like what, who or what is going around and murdering a bunch of people in the woods. Also, what's this secret society that her parents were a part of? That was the big reveal. And then at the end of episode two, that her parents are part of the secret society. Uh, so I'm invested in like checking that stuff out. But Wednesday as a character is just not enough in her current form to be a main character in a show. This isn't even my final form. I know. Maybe she gets, you know, maybe she becomes slightly more rounded, well-rounded, and therefore more watchable. But as of now, no. Also, uh, Ricky Lindholm is the therapist in in, uh, the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's the supporting cast is actually kind of crazy. It's Gwendolyn Christie, Christina Ricci, uh, Ricky Lindholm, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Fred Armisen, uh, Luis Guzman. And then, you know, a bunch of kids in Jenna Ortega. But the supporting cast, kind of nuts. Yeah, and uh, Thing was played by David Duchovny. I don't get that reference. <laughs> uh, he was a hand model in Zoolander. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I just watched the male model scene again today for some reason. Oh, it's on TikTok. That's why. But why male models? Are, are you serious? I just explained that whole thing. <laughs> So yeah, I need to give Wednesday more time, but God, please make her a watchable character. Like if you if you, if you have a main character be part of every scene, you have to make them compelling to watch, and having them just be one note does not make them compelling to watch. It's like when a a problem with the Harry Potter books is that Harry is in every scene. And Harry also has no clue what's going on a lot of the time. And he's, yeah. you know, he's your audience surrogate. But ultimately, that becomes part of his fucking personality where he's just fucking clueless most of the time. And it gets aggravating. Uh, and that's it. That's all I watched. Well, all right. Uh, with that, then why don't we cut into a quick break? And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Uh, uh, a movie about a little puppet who defeats the Nazis. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our wonderful patrons Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prazula, the Mike Rula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Casey Moore, Jason the Nerdrovert, Sam the Hurlahee Boy Hurley, Nick Haskins, David Powell, and my mom. If you'd like to join that illustrious list of patrons, visit patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. Or, if you'd like to support us without spending any money, you can share our podcast on social media, tell a friend, or review the podcast on any podcatcher. It'd be greatly appreciated. Now, back to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get in our main review topic for the week. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. All right. Uh, this time it's Guillermo del Toro's chance to make a Pinocchio. Um, and he did. And no one can take that from him. Uh, is PG rated clocks in just under two hours. Uh, it's an animation drama family film. 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. A father's wish, wish 
Wish? Wish.com. Magically brings a wooden boy to life in Italy, giving him a chance to care for the child. As directed by Guillermo del Toro and Mark Gustafsson. Uh, stars Ewan McGregor, David Bradley, Gregory Mann. Uh, let me see. Is there anybody else that I recognize? There's many people you recognize. Uh, Ron Perlman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinocchio. Pinocchio never changes. Uh, John Totoro, Tim Blake <laughs> Nelson. Uh, so we've got two of the three soggy bottom boys. Um, Kate Blanchett, Christoph Waltz, Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a cast. Yeah. Hell of a cast. Finn Wolfhard as yep, as, as a, a boy Nazi. Fascist. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Uh, I'm going to say right up at the top, this movie has way more Nazis than I anticipated. Yes. And also, uh, for some reason, they don't feel like they can call them Nazis. I guess that might be bad to say in a PG movie. Because then kids are like, mommy, what's a Nazi? And then like parents have to explain that like real evil exists. Yeah, uh, so Mussolini and his party were not the Nazis. The well, Nazis they were, were. Yeah, they were allied with the Nazis. Yes, but they were exclusively the fascists. That's true. Yeah, well, I'm looking you dumbfounded because I know this is pr- this is a pr- like this is World War Two we're talking about. So like, yes. Yeah, I don't know. That's I mean, yeah, solid point. Like I wouldn't call. Uh, the Japanese Empire and World War Two Nazis, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, like. Uh, Why well, they didn't call them the fascists, I, I don't know, but maybe because they weren't really interested they, in telling that part of the story. I guess, like, the thing that threw me is, like, they do the salute, they which is another salute. cool thing that that kids can mimic from this movie. Yeah. But then, like, you know, they they do the thing. It's like, well, obviously, you're you're in that zone. So. Yeah, that's the thing is, I wonder if that was a Mussolini thing first. Um, Mussolini salute. It's a Roman salute. A gesture in which the right arm is fully extended, face forward, palm down. Adoption in the 21st century. So Hitler took it from Italy. Hitler took it from Italy. I thought that Romans did the fist on the chest plate thing. Um, well, so... Italian, so Italy started doing it after World War One because they got fucked because they were part of the they were part of the Allies, but a lot of the fighting happened there, and they didn't really get solid enough uh, reparations from uh, the non-Ally side to really compensate them. So that's why when Germany uh, began the movings for World War Two, they joined with Germany because they're like, hey, we got short shrifted too, like. The fuck is this? We we need we need better conditions for our country because we got fucked up. Gotcha. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It's it's been years and years and years since I've uh, researched or read or you know watched anything at all about World War Two. So um, 
I kind of got a lot of that throughout, you know, most of my life and kind of reached a point where I was like, I don't need to learn anything more about World War Two. So there it is. You also had Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein. Yeah. Uh, so history lesson aside, what did you think of the movie? Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Um, it's got a striking visual style. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a different take on the story of Pinocchio. Like things happen that I didn't anticipate. Uh, right. Which, you know, made me more interested in it. Uh, that said, like, whenever the trailer came out, I was like, you know, I don't want to watch this type of movie right now, necessarily. And then, like, by the time I got to it and watched it, I was like, I still don't really want to watch this kind of movie right now. So I did anyway. And then I was like, yeah, this is just fine. And it, you know didn't leave a lasting impact. Uh, yeah. The coolest thing of it is like, because Pinocchio was animated by a wish and kind of uh, is, I guess, borrowing the soul of Geppetto's dead son, mm-hmm. which is a fucking wild thing. Um, he's effectively immortal. So yep. he will get killed uh, many, many times. And then like, he'll he'll sit up like the undertaker and just be back uh but like in the liminal space between life and death he encounters like this badass sphinx creature which is the best part of the movie yes uh and that's my big critique of the movie is that it takes leaps it's it's 2 hours but somehow it there's still leaps in between where you know, Pinocchio's first introduced and Geppetto, uh, you know, coming to adore him to a degree or, you know, come to accept him as like his a son type to him. It it just felt like it was all of a sudden like, oh, their father's sonish. Like that's that that felt very rushed uh, and ill explained. And then every time Pinocchio goes to the afterlife, it's like, oh, this is a this is an interesting part where we could talk about potentially talk about philosophy, but we never really get to that part. So I mean, so like that part's me putting expectations on the movie, but uh, it it just feels like there's parts that are rushed, there's parts that are too uh, too expanded upon that we don't need expanded upon as much as, as they are, uh, which just says the movie has poor pacing. That's true. Um, I don't know. There was a point in this where like, you know, I had to pause it to go to the bathroom or something um, to make sure that, you know, my butt hadn't fallen off with all of the catastrophic trauma that I've gone through. Um, And like I paused it and like I looked at the progress bar on the film and I was like, oh, man, there's I, I feel like I've been watching this for like two and a half hours and there's still an hour left and it's a two hour movie. Like Mm -hmm. this is some weird time dilation. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the the big problem. Like I I agree with you. The style's great. The animation's all great. It's a Jim Henson company production. Like, Mm -hmm. like that was cool to see. I was like, Oh, I didn't know that, but yeah, like the, the performances are fine. Uh, I, I like, uh, Oh God, what's his name? 
the guy who plays Geppetto, he he plays uh, Argus Filch and Walder Frey in Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's uh, David Bradley. What's the yeah. what's the other thing? I saw him in something else just recently. Uh, he's in Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, he is in Hot Fuzz. That's right. Yeah, fuck. I don't know. Um, I I definitely definitely have watched him in something like just this past week, and I cannot remember what it is. Hmm. But yeah, like he's like a, a very unexpected, you know, not protagonist, but like good character or like complicated, complex character. And I think it's probably like the the best part of the movie is that it tackles themes that are well outside of a kid's movie like it tackles loss through war and how bad war is like because this this is basically del toro's second war is bad movie yeah like there's a lot of similar themes here to um pan's labyrinth Mm -hmm. which is interesting uh i don't so this is pg rated i don't know if Mm -hmm. i'd say this is a kid's movie yeah, that's probably true. Like it it squares up and like full on faces like the horror of war because like you know, Geppetto's son dies like whenever like a plane returning from a mission decides to just like dump its ordnance to save fuel of having to carry it back to base. Uh so they like not even intentionally just bomb their fucking village. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, war is hell. Um, it also never changes. And it, it never changes. Uh, and in 2077, man's capacity for war, had, you know, outpaced, you know, whatever the fuck he says in the game. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> um, no. And then like, there's a point where, you know, because they're they're not Nazis, they're fascists, as we've established. But like, they have something. I don't I don't know what it would have been called, but like, they have like ju- a junior cadet program that would be, uh, you know, akin to the Hitler Youth program. Uh, and Pinocchio pretty much gets conscripted, and he's like, "Boy, I can't wait to go to war and kill all of the, uh, you know, nice people from." Britain and what have you. I love war. Pinocchio says this. He does say this. Well, and that's the thing, too, is that he loves kind of like whatever is kind of romanticized to him. And that's kind of like or just like whatever he sees because he doesn't understand what the word means. Right. Well, and that's that's part of the thing, too. No, is Pin- like how Pinocchio, do you really are? love lamp? Well, it's, I think it's part of the movie is like also like how impressionable kids are and how easily adults can take advantage of, of kids because of how dumb kids are or how, or if you prefer a nicer word, how inexperienced kids are with dealing with the world. So like it's, it's an interesting take, but it takes two hours and the two hours feels like three. It's one of those movies that feels like it takes for fucking ever for some reason. It, it It's just bizarre to me wh- how it takes as long as it does. Kids are fucking dumb. But. Yeah, I, I don't have much else to say about Pinocchio. 
I think it's a solid movie. I think if you're moved by it, cool. Uh, if you hate the movie, fine. There's a lot of singing, Paul. Don't watch this. There's way too many musical numbers for you. Musical, the music was fine. I enjoyed the music to a degree, but yeah, uh, it's a solid movie. But I'm never, I'm not gonna rush out and say it's one of the best of the year, like everyone else is. Like it's what seven point nine out of ten on IMDb, yeah. which implies it's like one of Netflix's best movies of all time because a lot of their best all time movies are sitting at like seven and a half to eight point one range. Yeah, uh, you know one of the titans of netflix like tall girl is a scant 5.3 so yeah <laughs> um yeah this movie's fine i almost feel like they they had too many ideas going into it mm-hmm. and like so they didn't really get to explore any of them too fully. So like they have the whole war thing going on, but then like you have to mesh that with the, you know, normal Pinocchio stories. So like the cricket who travels with him, which uh, isn't named Jiminy because presumably copyright or something. Uh, presumably. Yeah. Uh, so his name is Sebastian J cricket, uh, which is, you know, worse. Um, He's like just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just used as like slapstick punchline shit. Like all all that ever happens to him is he gets smashed by people. Like he, he starts trying to say yeah. something profound and he just gets smushed. Which, you know, that joke has worked exactly one time uh, and it was in Earthbound because uh, if you've never played Earthbound, like at the beginning of the game, there's a character who like travels back in time to like give you the mission and tell you the plot of the game. Like, oh, you're the hero that is going to save the world. Uh, so he's like this all powerful, like time traveling hero uh, who like. When he travels back through time, gets put in the body of, you know, essentially like a beetle. Uh, so then like as he's explaining the plot of the game, a character comes in is like, eek a beetle and just like crushes him to death Mm. so yeah 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 after a while that joke just kind of ran out so I just stopped caring what would you rate this bad boy I appreciate the craft but the the overall storytelling needed work uh, so I'm going with a three I'm gonna also say three like there were still um, some sweet moments, but the story just did. The, the wildest part of the story is that because I remember the Disney version, like the Disney animated version, not the one that came out this year, but like the, the classic cartoon animated where like they go to the Island of Donkeys. And I'm like, I wonder what this movie's Island of Donkeys is going to be. And, and it, it was, turns out it's a it fucking was Hitler, Hitler Youth. <laughs> it was a Hitler Youth camp. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> We don't have to listen to our parents because they'll all be dead from the war. And so will we. <laughs> so like, I, I like the bit uh, like <laughs> we, the, we couldn't we, get Oak to carve puppets out of because of the war. All we could all we car- carve wooden boys out of was pine. Uh, so I chopped down a white pine, which was the style at the time. Is this anything? It's something. So, yeah, um, 
I appreciate what what they were trying to do. Uh, I don't think it works. Uh, but they tried. So good for them. Yeah, good for you. You you made a film. Yeah. And no one can take that from you. That's very true. All right. Uh, well, let's move on from a kid getting bombed in a church to a kid getting shot in the face. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, The Mist from 2007. Uh, it's an R-rated film, horror sci-fi thriller based on the Stephen King novella. Uh, 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. A freak storm unleashes a special species of bloodthirsty creatures on a small town where a small band of citizens hole up in a supermarket and fight for their lives. Uh, this is directed by Frank Darabont, stars Thomas Jane. Uh, is this your first time seeing this, Dan? This is, although okay. I know many parts of the, of the movie. I knew about Mrs. Carmody. I knew about the end. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was basically about it. Like I didn't know the creatures or how the creatures worked or how they existed or what they were. But. Cool. Um, so this, this is a patron thing from Paul. Thank you, Paul. Well, fine. If you don't want my money, you mean if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money. Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Good recommendation. Uh, I have seen this movie at least once previously. I think I've seen it. I think this is the third time I've seen it, but I definitely at least saw it in movie theaters when it came out uh, Mm -hmm. because I went with uh, my ex-girlfriend who uh, is named after a state and her roommate who uh, our friend Jesse once told that she was a complete cunt because she wouldn't go to have dinner with him. It was weird how yeah. his his rage could go from zero to 60 for no apparent reason. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But that definitely happened. So, uh, yeah. Uh, with the, knowing what I know uh, about people in, in the movie. There's three people who are characters in the movie that have actual speaking lines that all wound up in uh, 2000. 10 or 12's The Walking Dead. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have you have Lori Holden. You have the guy who comes screaming into the supermarket being like, stay out of the mist. There's creatures in the mist. That guy was also in The Walking Dead. There's and then, something in the wing. Some thing. Yes. And then the woman who's like, I got to get back to my kids. She was also in The Walking Dead. So uh, you can see that Fra- Frank Darabont has his crew. Which is fine. You're allowed to have your crew. Uh, I like Paul. Uh, Paul. Who the fuck? Who, who am I trying to say? Uh, I like um, Thomas Jane enough. Like he, he he pulls together a strong enough performance in the movie, being like the de facto leader. Uh, surprise special guest role. Andre Brower shows up for the like first half of the movie, and I was very excited by that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's I I think it's good. I like it. I wish I didn't know about the ending or anything about the movie because then I would have been legitimately surprised by that ending. Uh, I I still think the ending is sad and tragic, 
obviously, because this man just had to murder four people who all didn't have to die. And also, probably if they just stayed where they were, wouldn't have died either. But I think that's the beauty of the movie is that no information and people letting crazy theories spout off in their heads. Well, how about this? The the mist. uh, You know, it's like a fog of war thing like they they are making the best decisions that they think they can make based on incomplete information. Yes. Um, so apparently, uh, like, like I said, I saw this in theaters, the, uh, roommate of my ex-girlfriend who was one of the people that I saw this with, um, was a huge Stephen King fan and was excited for this movie because she'd read the novella before. Um, and then like whenever that final scene plays out, um, and what happens happens. Uh, she like jumped forward in her seat and said out loud, what the fuck? Uh, cause she was so mad cause they changed the ending because in the book, uh, they just run out of gas and then it ends. <laughs> but apparent, apparently Stephen King loves the ending of this movie. It was like, yeah, that's way better. Yes. Like, if there's anybody who's understood Stephen King, it's Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont has done three Stephen King projects, and all of them are well regarded. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, f- fuck. Like, I think that ending is, like, very powerful. No, not powerful. Powerful's too strong a word. But it's it's a very interesting ending. Yeah. Considering, it's, uh, like, everything that happens. It's a swift kick in the sack after, yeah. you know thinking like, oh, all of all of this, like all these myriad bad things happen to these people. And now there's like a slight ray of hope that maybe they'll get out of this relatively unscathed. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of the, a lot of the CGI doesn't hold up in this. Oh, um, God, no. But this is, you know, primarily a creature feature. So, Dan, what do you think of the mist and the crazy creatures that come out of it? So we never saw the thing that the tentacles were attached to. I really wish we could have seen that. But mostly we have like flies that have scorpion tails, which is yeah, they're uh, like horrifying. Dragonfly bees. So uh and then the the one girl gets stung in the face or the neck by the bee, the 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 scorpion bee and uh, dies after her face swells. It's horrifying. And the way she yeah, dies, she's like gasping for breath. Cause her airways closing up. Yeah. Uh, the, the kid who gets fucking pulled out by the fucking tentacle monster that with the, the, the tentacles with like the, the spikes on it, that grip to the flesh. So it's ripping off his flesh in the mid in, in the middle yeah. of it. That's crazy. Which like that, that effect is, you know, not great either. Cause no. like, the tentacle like pulls away from him and like, obviously like you're shooting that without like a physical thing there for the actor to react to, or like they had something else, you know, some kind of prop that they CGI'd over. But, um, like, I don't know. It's weird. Cause like the tentacle will shift slightly and then like, uh, a giant chunk of his like torso will like pop off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was a, it was a weird thing that they did, but hey, they did it. And then you have the uh, the spiders that shoot acid web, and one guy gets yeah. shot in the face with acid web. Yeah, it's pretty metal, pretty dope. And then there's a guy who's full of baby spiders and still yeah, talking, the and then they start to hatch out of his skin. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of morbid shit in this, but like you know, it's cool. Yeah, and uh, you know. Sort of and no, not really anti-military. I don't know. It like it, it was like, oh, the military caused this. Yeah. And then uh I mean the still the horror the, it, it's one of my least favorite tropes in horror anymore because but it's so, yeah, because made because there's uh it turns out that the true villain of the movie is uh, the true villain uh in real life a lot of times, Christians. Well, yeah, but also like people being the real monsters, because mm-hmm. like, yeah, there, you have the fucking the, the monsters that spit acid and, you know, shoot, shoot poison into your veins and murder or like the tentacles will grab you or the, the giant fucking six legged creatures that are just walking the walking the earth. But no, what's scarier is people and yeah. people getting more panicky and panicky and panicky and having needing reason for things to happen instead of just being like they're happening. Well, yeah, because like a lot of the things that are in the mist or, you know, probably the majority of them, I guess. um, Like they are aggressive, they are like predatory, at least the ones that like. You know, actively engage with the humans because they're, you know, they see them as like, oh, potential food. Mm -hmm. Um, But like. They're. They're just animals like. Like all the different bug creatures, they don't kill each other. Um, You know, all the. Like big things out in the mist, like they're not killing and eating each other, but the people who are trapped in here who need to rely on each other for survival, they fucking turn on each other right away. Uh, Oh, yeah. I've combined the DNA of all of the most evil animals to create the most evil animal of all. It turns out that it's man. Yeah. Uh, it, so that's that was the part where I'm just like, eh, I, I get it. Like you put people in a cage and you don't give them any answers or any communication. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. But like, God, I don't need this shit. It's the thing, too, with like the religious fanatic who, you know, becomes like the main antagonist, I guess. Uh, and like whips everybody up into a frenzy. It's like, like the human brain is, you know, conditioned to try to recognize patterns. And like when you're in a unprecedented situation and have no idea what's going on, like you're going to start creating your own answers for things. And like, you know, based on no evidence whatsoever, you'll believe it like wholeheartedly. And that's exactly what happens. And it's right. like, oh, like this, this random kid who, you know, joined the Army National Guard on his 18th birthday so he could pay for college uh, definitely did this to us because military bad. Right. And his friends hung themselves out of guilt instead of fear. And therefore, we must murder this man because uh, we need someone to pay for their sins. Yeah. So we're going to stab him in the stomach a bunch. Uh, and, you know, 
he would presumably die from that, but then, you know, we'll push him out to be eaten by a, a critter. Yeah. And then there's that guy who got third degree burns. And then because uh, uh, they had this hackneyed plan that nobody really followed because everyone plan uh, everyone plans and God laughs when it comes to this shit. Like, oh, we, we know how to take them down. And it's just like, no, you don't. No, they're just going to come in and cause chaos. People are going to get in the way and things are going to get lit on fire and the guy's going to be on fire for some reason. And so all going to be hell. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The first kill in the movie, which is the, the tentacle kill, which for my money is probably the best scene in the movie. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's a wild ride. Um, but like, it's so weird how it happens. Cause it's just like, Oh, we got to get out there and clear the exhaust or whatever to like run the generator. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was something like that. Um, yeah. So the, the one kid's like, I'll do it. And uh, Thomas Jane's like, well, I already, already said like you shouldn't. And then somebody else is like, you know, I can, I can do it or whatever. And the kid's like, no, I'm going to do it. I can do this. And it's like, all right, well, why the fuck are you like? mad about it right and then he gets all led up by a tentacle yeah it's like it's like why why is any of this (laughs) that's like i don't know like you got to get the body count up for this i think but like that's the weirdest thing is like um which like i guess they're just showing that like you know when something that crazy happens like you know logic breaks down but like Mm -hmm. everybody in this movie kind of behaves in like the dumbest possible way usually uh i mean yes but also like the kid just want like the kid's an idiot and i think that's what it's also trying to say like even says he's like the kid's an idiot but at least he's a kid so he has an excuse what like you guys have no reason to be as stupid as you are yeah. So, like, I get it. Like, the kid just wants to go out and, I guess, prove that he's an adult or something. Yeah, he just wants to, you know, whip out his massive sack. Yeah, and and the adults are like, yeah, sure, the kid can do it. Let the kid do it. The kid's got it. And then, you know, the kid doesn't got it because he's a kid. And he gets like, all led up by a tentacle. Yeah, and chewed up and spit out by the tires. So, like, <laughs> fine. Wouldn't the tentacle just win every time? Every time. Um, so yeah, like it, it, it's a bunch of people just thinking they know better than they do. And all their, I, all their conflicting ideas fighting against each other until, you know, everybody becomes unified by fucking Christianity. And, uh, an old lady throws a can of peas at a religious fanatic's head. Yeah. And domes her. It was, it's the best scene in the movie. Yeah, it's great. When it, when the the religious fanatic gets domed in the head by peas, uh, and then of course the second best scene in the movie is when she gets shot in the stomach and then shot in the fucking face by yeah. Toby Jones. Yeah, yeah. he uh, should have just you know shot her in the stomach and left it at that because like a that's more personal. Uh, yes, you know as I learned from the Netflix movie Kate, uh, which you know. If it wasn't for this specific thing, I probably never would have thought of again. Um, you know, if you shoot somebody in the in the head, 
Like that's, you know, just a quick kill or whatever. But just if it, you yeah. shoot somebody in the stomach, that's personal. Uh, so like, yeah, I think just like let her die slowly of sepsis. Um, yeah. But then also that leaves them at the end of the movie with one more bullet. So Thomas Jane can just fucking kill himself, too. Yeah. Yeah. And for, <laughs> yeah and that's the other thing, too, is like Toby Jones, like he's he's my MVP in the movie because like he just goes yeah. around. He, he, he just kind of is with Thomas Jane the whole time. Yeah. And he just does what has to be done. He's just yeah. like good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I enjoyed The Mist enough. It's it's a good, solid movie. Uh, like I said, I wish the the ending wasn't ruined for me, but that's my own fault for letting me have the the ending ruined for me. Yeah, this movie is 15 years old, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like it's anybody's fault but mine. It's it's 100% my fault that I know anything about the movie. I just assumed I would have never watched it. You don't have to put that on yourself, you know? That's yeah, fine. Um, a plus. I like the movie. All right. Uh, I give it a three and a half. Yeah, that probably sounds about right. Three and a half or, you know, as I like to call it, a plus. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, next week on the show, we will be watching Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. It's actually happening. I'm not blue balling Caleb this time. It's time to finally watch Jojo's Bizarre Adventure Stone Ocean. I'm so excited. Um. Dan, I can't wait for you to take me away to heaven. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll probably find out what that means. I don't want to know. Uh, back half of that, we'll be watching R.I.P.D. 2. This comes from the Universal 1440 deal that Netflix has with NBC Universal. Yeah. Um, didn't see the first one. Yep. Heard, seen the first. heard it was not good. I can't wait to see how bad this is i'm very excited yeah i i love bad movies yeah that's my fucking problem all right well you can find the show at netflix and swill.com if you want to stop shop for all things netflix and swill uh check out our patreon page where you can contribute to us monetarily if you like what we do and want to support us thank you to space weather for the use of our theme song bitter which is uh how the military people and the Christian fanatics felt towards each other. Yeah. Um, I guess I forgot to mention it, but like, I think, I think I told you before about how like the mist was the basis for the game half life. Yes. Uh, because that game is like, you're in a military base and like they find out that there's like, they're basically like, creating teleportation technology and it's like oh we discovered with our teleportation technology that there's this weird like dimension that's on the border of our dimension and we can get there using this and like it goes haywire and weird creatures start to spill out Mm -hmm. so yeah 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 play that game it's fun it's fun game uh, I'll probably just play Black Mesa, which is the yeah. HD remake of Half-Life. Yeah, it's a it's a fan remake of the original game. Um, I will say it's pretty good, but I don't like how the enemy AI is in it because like 
in the original Half-Life, like, you know, as long as you didn't enter an enemy's, like, field of vision, like, there was a stealth aspect to the game. Like, you could you could crouch and sneak through, like, vents and shit and, like, snipe people with a, with a crossbow. Um, but, like, in Black Mesa, if you can see an enemy they are aware of you and will start shooting you with like pinpoint accuracy. And it's like, Oh, this is annoying. Like the only yeah. tactic that really works is just to like rush in and blow them up as quick as possible to limit the amount of damage you're taking. Right. Other than that, great game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Nope. That's all I got. All right. I love you. Uh, you're okay. Uh, I'm going to push you out into the mist to get eaten all led up by a demon. Oh, good. Because God's punishing us. <sighs> uh, until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.